Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. And I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher, and back from vacation. (laughs) Yes, yay, we have David back. This week, we're going to talk about iPadOS 14 and iOS 14 round two, because David has his own uh, hands-on experiences with the beta software, and I've discovered a few new things too that I, some new features that I really like and wanted to tell you all about. Um, so we have a great episode for you today. And first, David's going to tell us about our sponsor, Bridge, for this so, episode. Bridge is a perfect sponsor to talk to talk about for iOS 14 and iPadOS 14 because their keyboard is perfect for the new operating system. And basically, what's so great, it's a keyboard built for the iPad, and it has a trackpad built in. And so it's really using for the new mouse functionality on the iPad. And even Bridge has been one of our favorite, uh, one of our favorite keyboards for a long time because it's really quality design. It's aluminum shell and it has this really nice hinge feature where when you put the iPad in, you can put it at just about any angle, which I is one of my favorite things. And also, it makes it kind of look like a MacBook, which I love. It's just a really sleek keyboard. Don, have you used the Bridge keyboard before? Yes, I have it for my, um, my it's not an iPad Pro, but um, it works great. I think having a Bluetooth keyboard is essential if you're gonna have an iPad, if you're gonna do any type of real work on it. So, and the yeah. Bridge is my favorite brand I've tried. So I was really excited when they, they joined us as a sponsor because it's a product I'd already been using and really love. No, I agree. They were one of those companies where I went out and I said, you have to advertise with us because we love you and we really want to talk about you more. <laughs> um, so I agree. It's one of my favorite brands. And I also agree when I started using a Bluetooth keyboard, I was blown away at how much more productive I was able to be because there's all these shortcuts that are built into the iPad that you don't even realize unless, oh, Donna's holding it up. Perfect. Now, Donna, yeah, there are two versions. Donna's holding up the version that does not have a trackpad, which is also great if you don't care about the trackpad. I'm in the trackpad version if you have one that is compatible. And I, th- I think all iPads are compatible with it now, which is nice. Um, and so, yeah, make sure you check it out. Bridge is spelled B-R-Y-D-G-E. Uh, and you can get either version. And the nice thing, too, is that Apple, of course, has released a trackpad keyboard. But Apple's keyboard, first of all, is more expensive. Second of all, it doesn't have as much of range of motion, so you can't keep your keyboard at any angle. Uh, And third of all, it only works with very select iPads, whereas the bridge keyboard's gonna work with the whole range of iPads. So definitely check it out. Yeah, I think it's great how it has these little hinges where you could fit any iPad in. And one of the reasons that Apple's keyboard is not that great is like if you, a lot of times if you're sitting on the couch or in bed, you'll want to use your iPad and um, the like Apple's version will just become a mess. Basically it doesn't have any structure or stability, whereas the, this will like hold in its position. And so it's great for kind of like lounging use, which I think is kind of perfect for the iPad is what you want to do with your iPad. Yeah, exactly. One of the angles I use my iPad the most is almost tilted a little bit forward. 
Uh, and that's a really hard <laughs> angle to accomplish. And I always feel embarrassed talking about it because it's like, yeah, because I'm lying down when I'm using my <laughs> iPad. I'm just like lounging. But that's totally. what I do. And that's what a lot of people do. And it's you, it's a hard angle. And Bridge is one of the few cases, let alone Bluetooth cases, that allows you to do that comfortably. Right. Now, I want to tell you about our daily tip newsletter. We have been at this for a while, sending out one tip every morning to subscribers for free. And it teaches you something cool you can do with your iPhone. And um, like I said, it's just one minute a day. And so this has been something that we have a lot of really loyal subscribers over the years who rely on it to make sure that they stay up to date on all the cool new features of their phones without having to invest a bunch of time. Um, so if you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can sign up for our free daily tips newsletter. And now is really the perfect time because we are working on all of the iOS 14 tips. So the day iOS 14 comes out, we'll teach you how to update uh, and we'll have quick tips for you every day. It's free, it's easy. Uh, and go to iphonelife.com slash daily tip. I wanted to share one of our best tips this week. Um, this is one that's been really popular in uh, our for Google search and we don't need to get into too much about why potentially and it's how to <laughs> it's how to hide an app on your phone. And this is something like there could be a lot of reasons why. Um, you know, it's not just like dating apps that you're trying to hide from your spouse, although I think that is one of the top searched <laughs> top searched uh, reasons that people would hide it. But I thought it would be worth sharing. Um, and if you basically all you need to do is go um, tap on the app store icon. And you know what? I can actually share my we figured out how to share our screens, which is a nice thing. Um, for those of you watching the video podcast. So you go to the App Store app. You tap your little profile in the top right corner. And then you go to My Purchases, or Purchase, sorry. And uh, now from here, I have to... Oh, you swipe left on an app that you see there and then you just tap hide. And this is for people who have family sharing, is that correct? So that then people won't see that they downloaded the app? Yeah, this, this does allow you to do that. Let me just open up this tip really quick to see if it has purposes for other people outside of family sharing. I mean, if somebody has your phone and is looking Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's family sharing, yeah. Because yeah. otherwise... Otherwise, you might just want to like hide the app in a folder or something like that. Or now with the new, once you get iOS 14, you can also choose which apps show up on your home screen. So you could just not have it on your home screen and that's an easy way to get around it. And then also not have it show, you can go in um, to your series suggestions and have certain apps um, that you can't search from your general search bar. So that's another way you can hide an app. But this is specifically for family sharing. Yeah, I, I was checked. just getting ready to say that if you are concerned about privacy and somebody seeing apps you download, if you have private apps that you don't want to be sharing with everybody, you may want to go and turn it off from suggested search because uh, suggested search will not only shows up if you're actively searching for something, but 
in the section on uh, your phone where Siri will suggest apps that might be relevant for that time of day, it'll show up. And so sometimes if you have apps that are private and they're showing up and somebody's looking at your phone, they'll see it. So if you are concerned, that's another area. This is particularly relevant too for iOS 14. We'll talk about it later, but one of the widgets that I've used actually is suggested search and I have that on my home screen. So it's then now much more visible. It's on my anytime I'm wanting to use it. So if I did have apps that I was concerned about, it would be very visible. <laughs> Wait, suggested search is one of the widgets you've been testing? Yeah, I've been liking oh, it. Have you tried this? No. Um, are you going to wait to tell me or should you tell me about it now? Oh, man. Well, I don't know. Should we leave people hanging? <laughs> yeah, I guess we can leave people hanging, but I'm curious about that one because <laughs> I haven't tried that. I haven't tried that widget yet. But yeah, so, so this tip that I just showed you is more helpful if you have, it's only for family sharing. So if you have family members that you don't want to, and, and you want to hide certain apps that you've downloaded from them so that they can't download them too. So this is also helpful if you have kids and you have certain like paid apps or apps that you think are inappropriate for their use. Um, the person who wrote the tip, Amy, she was using PayPal as an example because she probably doesn't want her, you know, um, it, well, her daughter's too young right now, but you, that's something you might want to hide from your kids and not have them be able to log into your PayPal account. Um, so, it's also um, useful to know these other tips that David said, though, if just in general you want more privacy on your iPhone. Um, and yes, so if you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can get tips like that every single day sent to your inbox. And next, I wanted to tell you about our Insider subscription. We have a premium subscription that we have a pretty big announcement to make about. Um, I told yes. you about it last episode I believe as well but um, for those of you who didn't check in last episode we have now we're now including all of our iPhone life classes in our premium subscription to iPhone life insider so um, you get not only access to any of our upcoming courses you don't even have to enroll we'll just let you know when the when the start times are and you can log into for instance our iPad class and have live sessions with instructors and um, we have group discussions the following days and it's, they're month-long courses with weekly classes and you'll walk away mastering a new feature of your device. So you could master your iPad for instance or in September we're gonna have our iOS 14 class and it's gonna start the day iOS 14 um, arrives for your iPhone. That means that you'll be the first to really learn all of the new features and make sure that as soon as it's available, you know what to do with all the features on your phone. Um, an insider subscription also includes everything else, everything else that it used to, which is video guides. So we have a full archive of video guides you can watch, um, video versions of our daily tips, ask an editor so you can get personalized assistance with your tech problems, um, what from our team of experts. You get a digital archive of iPhone Life magazine, including our full more than 30 back issues and all the new issues, of course. And you get a special version of this podcast with exclusive content and no, none of the ads. So if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount, now is a great time to sign up because you'll get a discount as a podcast listener and you'll be ready when next Wednesday we start our iPad class. So you want to sign up in time to be able to enjoy those live 
sessions. And we're not raising the prices on Insider, even though we're adding this really valuable new feature. We used to charge $350 per course. And so we're, by offering several classes every year for our insiders, we're adding thousands of dollars of value to um, the subscription without charging you anything extra. We think it's pretty awesome. We're really <laughs> excited about it. We're trying to hype it up because I think it's a really great value. It's a really excellent way to have more one-on-one with your instructors and really go in depth. And you also, of course, still get access to our in-depth guides. So you'll have, in addition to the live tutorials, you'll be able to watch step-by-step -step videos and have a printable PDF. So we cover you no matter how you like to learn and no matter how much time you like to learn. iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. <laughs> All right, um, we have an insider question I wanted to tell you uh, the answer to. This is one of our subscribers who wrote in, and uh, Cullen Thomas, who's a writer and producer here, answered the questions for him. Okay, here it is. I want to start signing into apps with Apple, not Google or Facebook. I sometimes see the option, but when I click on it, it tells me, how wonderful it is, but it doesn't let me actually do it. Is this because I did not use the Apple option when I first acquired the application a long time ago? And here's the response from Colin. Sign in with Apple is what this, this user is writing about. And that's a, a login option that Apple created that now competes with Facebook login and Google and actually protects your data instead of exploiting it to all these apps. So the sign-in with Apple tool is indeed wonderful. It's private, secure, fast, and easy. However, it only works with new accounts. If you already have an account with the service, then you can't yet switch your account over to sign-in with Apple. By the way, this is a new feature that's coming in the fall with iOS 14, where you can- no. Oh, you can merge now. Yeah, that, that's like a new thing. Um, oh, cool. This is because you've already created a credential with the service, so Apple, Apple's offers to create a special hidden credential is too late. That's, that's if you're doing it right now. In September, it'll be different. There have been rumors that Apple's working on a fix, though. I think Colin wrote this before uh, WWDC, where it wasn't confirmed. Um, and the other issue is that not all third-party services offer sign-in with Apple yet. So that's something just to be waiting for, um, and we're all looking forward to that. So basically what you, your takeaway from this should be sign in with Apple, I think is a great choice. If the option is there in the fall, you'll be able to port over any existing accounts to sign in with Apple. And um, for now, just sort of look out for apps that offer it. And if you're creating a new account, definitely use it. The other thing I love about sign in with Apple, are you using sign in with Apple? I am, but I've had the same thing where, um, you know, I don't, I don't create that many new accounts. I don't think like, yeah. I have a lot of existing ones. So it'll be a lot more useful to me once I can switch, switch over to it. Yeah, that's um, fair. Um, the thing I really enjoy about when I am creating a new account is that when I, I hate the whole password management thing when I'm just like putting in my email, when you just kind of create an account in the standard way. And so I often before sign in with Apple was doing this through Facebook, but not only does it concern me to create an account through Facebook, you know, push the little Facebook button because of the privacy implications where then Facebook is tracking all of my activities and I don't really know what information is shared forth and I don't trust Facebook for it. 
I also, the convenience is a large factor because when I tried to sign in with Facebook, I then it would take me to a second page where I would then have to go put in my Facebook password and I'd have to then take, go back to the app. Whereas I find sign in with Apple would be much faster because it just uses face ID. It's kind of natively built into the app. Uh, and I find it to be much easier to use in addition to secure. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited once it's like developed enough that it's just available everywhere for all, yeah. all accounts. And I love Should we get? Day. Yes, me too. Oh my gosh. It makes things so much easier because it also just automatically adds in your shipping address and everything. So you have, you have like no forms to fill out. Yeah, it's the best. It's amazing. <laughs> all right, let's talk about iOS 14 and iPad OS 14 uh, okay. and, and our experiences with the beta so far. So David, I know you were just on vacation in Colorado and yes. you were probably trying to get a little break from work <laughs> and tech, but so, but how long have you had um, the beta on your phone? Okay, so first of all, a confession, I don't have iPad OS 14. I just have iOS 14. And I actually would recommend that as a practice you all to make sure you have one device that is not updated because things can get glitchy, especially on third-party apps. And if you have third-party apps that you rely on and they stop working on the beta, you can really get into a tricky situation. So for example, I have a lot of home automation apps like my thermostat and to unlock the front door. And if those things stop working, it's going to really be awful for me. Thankfully they are working. Um, so it's been okay, but I do recommend having a device that you have as a fallback. If you do do the beta, I've had the beta, I updated a couple days after I got back. So it's, I've been using for about a week now. Um, and do you want to tell us about what some of your favorite features are? Sure. In general, I've been really liking it. Um, so of course, widgets are one of the big things. Let's talk about that because we kind of hinted at that. Have you, how have you liked the widgets? The widgets I've been really liking. I really like the weather one, honestly. There's something mm -hmm. really nice to me about having, I'm just going to switch to show you, share my screen. Um, there's something really nice to me about just being able to add a glance on my home screen, see that it's 75 degrees and, uh, a little overcast and yeah. um, the calendar one too. I really like seeing my upcoming, I can see like, first of all, the monthly view. I like this big one where, and then I can also see what's upcoming for the day. Yeah, what I like, you? well, let me actually see if I can share mine. Um, my weather app's being a little glitchy right now, but I'll share mine um, if, I, if it'll let me. And for those of you who are listening, uh, we do have a video version. I will, of course, narrate what I'm showing. Oh, gosh, it's going to require a plug-in. I'm not going to share mine. I'll just tell you. <laughs> so I have the uh, – I have similar to you. I have – the weather has been my favorite. Um, I ha So I have the weather app, and then do I Do you do also, the big weather or the small weather? I have the see, small the, one. The big one is also kind of nice, but I feel like – you know, it's like, I don't usually need to be looking at a full, like, um, weekly forecast when all I'm doing is quickly checking my phone. There, can you see it? I installed yeah. it. Okay. So the weather app you can see is being a little glitchy, but it's there in the right corner. And I have a <laughs> Just little a little glitchy. Doesn't <laughs> show me the weather. No big deal. That, but that actually is rare. It's been working pretty well for me. Um, and then, but that's the sort of thing you're, you're going to get with beta software. 
Yeah, it'll be fixed for the real one. On the left, you can see I have the battery, which I like because as you can see, if you're looking at this, not only does it show me my iPhone, it shows me my other devices. So I wear an Apple Watch and I use AirPods a lot and I can see the glance of the battery for all of those things. Um, the thing that you may not be able to see, but is pretty cool is, I'll make them wiggle so you can see, I actually have a, a Siri suggestions widget. So it is a grid oh. of four apps and it's on my homepage. You wouldn't really be able to know it's a widget unless you knew because it just looks like a grid of four apps, but it just pulls them up for me. Um, it's a funny thing though, because if you long-term listeners remember, Donna and I did an iPhone cleanse a long time ago where we hid all of our apps that we use regularly. And so now all of a sudden they're putting them back right in my face. <laughs> um, and so I have mixed feelings about this because the idea basically is things like email or do use a lot, put them a few taps away so you don't absentmindedly just start checking your email when you're not intending to. Um, whereas now that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, but I kind of am liking it because most of the time, uh, there's just a few apps that I'm using and uh, it, it's sort of, um, I'll go through phases of using apps a lot in certain times and suggested search has been working well for me. It's a little weird because then I'm kind of looking around on my phone to try to find where the app is because it doesn't order or may not show up at all. Um, but I'm going for it. And then on the next screen, you can see I have my like slider thing. The I, What's it called? It's like the, I don't know. Smart what stack. Called. Smart stack. Um, and so I have that. I am, I'm liking the smart stack a little bit less than I thought I would. How about you? Me too. I, I find that I kind of know what widgets I want. And so, I, you know, smart stack like sh chooses a selection of widgets for you and then shows you on, on top which one it thinks you're going to want to see at any given time. And I mean, it was kind of fun, like a fun novelty at first to see what it was going to show me, but I would prefer just to have control over it. I actually yeah. sort of predicted that I might feel this way. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I, was, I wasn't sure if I would like it, and I definitely didn't. Um, and then that's it. What's cool is those are, I only have two screens, and then I get into my app library, which I do find that I don't, I don't know that I love my app library. I don't know that I ever go to it, but I do I never like go that to I don't it. have, I, I don't need the apps. Like, I don't miss them. Um, yeah, I really like now this new idea that's like you have apps on your phone, but they don't all have to be in this like layout, you know, and it's like you just access it through the search bar or you can, if you go over to your app library, you can go scroll through every app on your phone. But um, exactly. yeah, you don't have to have it like all cluttered there. And it is nice too, from like the tip we said earlier, it's also nice um, if you don't want people to see every app you have on your phone. Yeah, exactly. Um, the one thing I will say, I in general, I feel like I'm happy with widgets, but I'm really looking forward to when Apple allows third-party widgets. I'm assuming they will allow that when they go out of beta. Do you know? Oh, I hope they do. That would be really nice, like a Spotify widget. I yeah, well, and, and I don't use the podcast app. I use my own, I use Overcast, which you can see on my home screen right now. Uh, and I really would love that. I'd love a Slack widget because I'm liking the widgets. In general, I tend to navigate to apps by searching for things. And so widgets I find to be really useful on my home screen, but I can only have a few of them right now because I don't use that many Apple services. 
Um, yeah, actually, yeah. that's a really good question. I don't know whether Apple's allowing third-party widgets. I know one thing that's really nice is they're going to be allowing um, you to choose your own default apps and you can choose third-party options. Yeah, I do like that. That's a big deal for things like your web browser, for pe people who are like big Chrome people mm -hmm. instead of Safari. Um, now, a feature I've been really loving is emoji search in the Messages app. That's something I didn't mention last um, last episode, and I was so excited to find it because it's one of the ones we've been for years talking about what features we hope Apple will bring with the next version of iOS, yeah. and that's one I've been hoping for for a while. On the Mac, for years, you've been able to, when you go to click the emoji keyboard, you can just search and type in whatever you're looking for, and now you can do that, and I'm going to show you. Um, and it seems like something that's maybe not that big of a deal, but it's super nice. Yeah, it, I agree. It's really nice because Apple, not only is it like, are there hundreds and hundreds of emojis, but also they can be hard to find. There's like, they're not organized well. And there's like a hundred different hearts. And sometimes you want a different heart and like, it's just yeah. hard to find. <laughs> so now in the search bar there, you can see I search, if I, you type in dog, then you'll see all of the different dog emojis there. Um, and then you can type it in. And I was going to say, yeah, I've for a long time questioned Apple's choice of the way they organize their app screens because a lot of the really commonly used ones, like Hearts, was like 10 pages over. Yeah, yeah. You have to like scroll through like eight like pages of flags and you're like, I don't care. Why are flags so high up? I know. Yeah. So this is a really welcome little, little feature. Um, and I also really like... Wait, no, that's a iPad OS. I'm going to wait to tell you about that in a minute. Okay. Oh, Safari smart suggestions. When you go to your browser, I use Safari. Now above where they have your just like bookmarks and favorites and stuff, if you scroll down, it'll show you like a list of your recently visited sites. And that's just really nice. I'm enjoying doing this because I haven't noticed some of these. And so these are fun to remember that these were added. Um, the Siri smart suggestions, Safari smart suggestions. And I actually hadn't even noticed the emoji search. I'm like shocked to realize how few emojis I've been sending lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, a, a couple features that I've been really enjoying that are kind of some of the more marquee features. I'm sure you guys talked about them last week. But uh, the compact calls, the fact that calls don't, uh, don't take over your whole screen is really nice. Really and, nice. And something that I actually, it's funny because I, I didn't get what they were talking about when they announced it. And I, I actually was I th panning it. Like I think even in the Facebook group, I was like, oh, that's a dumb feature. The picture and picture, I'm loving it. So basically what happens is on, if you're doing a FaceTime call and you're on iOS 13 or earlier, if you, you can stay on the call and go to a different app. And it happens pretty frequently to me. So for example, I'm on a FaceTime call and I'm checking my notes or I'm checking maps or you know something that's relevant to the call. As soon as I navigate away from the FaceTime call, it pauses the video. Whereas on iOS 14, it puts the video in picture in picture. So the video stays for me and the other person. They can see me, I can see them, and I can still use my phone. So it's been really fun because my stepson and I will, can play games now and FaceTime when he's at his dad's house and we can play games and have a picture picture of each other while playing. 
Um, it's also nice if you are somebody who, and sometimes I do this, I'm a little rude and I'll be talking to somebody on FaceTime and I'll be like, let me check Instagram. And they'll instantly know that I stopped paying attention to them. <laughs> I know, because it now, grays out, yeah. Yeah, and they're like, why'd you pause it? I'm like, oh, oh, I don't know why it paused. And really, it's like, I'm checking Instagram. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so now you don't have that problem. People don't know if you're being rude. Yeah, I really like that too. I actually um, tried it out accidentally. <laughs> I was on, on a FaceTime call with my therapist and I had the same thing where like a text came in and I wanted to check it and I was like, whatever, I'll just let it gray out. But then it like went into its little picture in picture box and I was like, oh, I totally forgot about this feature. And it's, we have enough screen real estate now on the iPhone that it doesn't feel even like ridiculously small that like, cause before I thought they didn't bring picture in picture to the iPhone cause it's a small screen, but I think yeah. it works great. Okay. But can I tell you something that you might find embarrassing? Sure. It if it only works if everybody's on iOS 14. If they're on iOS 13, they will still view you as great. So your therapist probably knew you weren't paying attention. <laughs> oh no! I even asked her though. I said, I said, hey, can you still see me? And she said, oh, okay. She, oh, but interesting. Maybe, well, I don't, I don't know then. That's what happened. I was doing the thing where I was talking to my stepson and sometimes he'll just call us and just stay on the phone for like an hour while he's at his dad's. And so I'm like, yeah, cool. Let me just, you know, do other things with my life. And uh, he was like, why is it grayed out? Why is it grayed out? And I was like, oh man, I thought I was getting away with it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So I don't know then. Maybe, I don't know what operating systems works. Maybe she's <laughs> on the beta. I don't know. She's like, well, she's paying for this. So if she's not yeah. paying attention, it's on her. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, um, a couple other features that I'm enjoying are the messages, being able to pin your favorites up top. Are you liking that? I really like that. I, I feel like the interface for it, I would have chosen something. Like, I think they could have, I don't love the look of the circles at the top of the messages, but I, the functionality of it now that I'm more used to it is nice. I do agree. It took some getting used to because uh, I sometimes in the beginning and I'm still getting used to it would miss texts from my favorite people. Uh, and that was annoying because it's just like, you're used to the UI of seeing the little red, the little circle when you have a new text, but it was, it's a different UI when you get a new text from those people that are pinned up top. And it took me a while to like notice it. Did that happen to you at all? Yeah. So if you look at this, it's weird. Like at the top here, you can see, by default, it'll just create these like little circles for of everyone who's in there, or you can like choose an emoji to represent the group. And yeah, like a little blue bubble will pop up at the top to show you the message, but it's kind of easy to miss. I don't know. I kind of just, I don't, I don't love the circle thing. <laughs> I don't know general. that I mind the circle thing. The thing that I, one of the features I like, but this is where the circle thing does bother me a little bit is now you can, for groups, you can add a photo for the groups. Uh, and so I like that feature because it's like, especially if they're pinned, it's very visual to see them, but it then crops it weird on a circle because most, most photos are not circular. Um, but one interesting thing I just noticed when you were showing your screen, cause I was wondering this, if I create a photo for the group, apparently that's just for me because we both have pinned the, we, we have an executive text message so for the people in iPhone life. And I went and added the iPhone life logo as a circle uh, and you, and it did not show up for you. So that was interesting. Oh, 
Here, I'll see yeah, if that I can is show it now. And by the way, we'll make this a sub-question of the day. Um, for people who are listening, is it really annoying that we keep showing everything? Because we're trying to navigate the fact that we have an audio version of this podcast and a video version, and the people who are watching it really enjoy seeing things, but the people who are listening may not. Okay, so email us, text us, and let us know. So you can see right away um, the UI I have a friend group uh, and I took a photo, but it cropped everybody out of it but me. <laughs> it shows like the, um, it shows the text message, but it's in a way that I might not have necessarily noticed. And then I have the logo of iPhone life for the executive channel. And yet it's not showing up there for you, which is very interesting. Right. So yeah. Know. That's weird. But you did see, like, when you were just sharing your screen, it showed the way the little, like, you had a new notification from one one of your groups. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's just a bit of a strange thing. But the functionality of it, I mean, it keeps your most important groups and people at the top always, no matter when you're what you're scrolling through. And that that's just very useful. Like, I like having that for the most part. Um, I agree. One thing I wanted to ask you about picture in picture is I've only used it for FaceTime. I tried using it. I read online that you could use it if you're playing a video through Safari or um, even the podcast app, but that wasn't working for me yet. Um, are there any other apps you've found that you can use it in? No. And to be honest though, that's the main reason why I initially was skeptical of this feature was I am not someone who's going to be watching, say, a YouTube video in picture in picture while I do other things. I'm like, if I'm watching a video, I want to watch the video and it's tiny on my phone. Um, so the only practical application for me would be FaceTime or other apps, which I would like to test. So for example, we, if, would it work for Zoom? Would it work for Skype or Slack? I, that'd be great if it does. And I think it does, but I haven't tested that yet. It doesn't work. YouTube, it wasn't working for me. Oh, and I think some you. of that is Apple. I mean, YouTube charges you to keep playing. Like if you want to be able to keep oh. playing videos, that's part of their like subscription. So they're probably not going to build that functionality, which is annoying because you have to stay, keep your um, phone not asleep. You have to keep it awake and in the app in order for a video or audio to play. So it makes it a less desirable option to use for say, like listening to a podcast while you're doing other things. Because mm -hmm. as soon as you leave the app, it stops. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand YouTube. Like, does anybody <laughs> pay for YouTube? <laughs> I've never met somebody. Basically. Yes, I think um, you should talk. We should talk to Leanne about it. She's someone who works at our company, and she uses that because they. Um, you also like Tyler pays for YouTube TV on the Apple TV, and that's how he gets all yeah. the sports stuff. So but it seems like different. that, but that's a different deal. Yeah. Um, but we should ask her about that at some yeah. point. But, um, okay, I have some um, iPad OS features to talk about, or did you have anything else you wanted to share on me, um, iOS 14 first? I can rattle off a couple of the things that I've been liking. Um, okay. First of all, uh, I like the new Siri. I like the UI of it, that it doesn't take over your screen. Have you? How do you feel about the new Siri? Love it. I think that just that visual difference is really nice. And it, it, I really like the way it looks, the little, like, somehow the way it spins when it's, like, thinking, it, I really like it. They did a nice job. It's very, like, visually appealing. I agree. Um, and then CarPlay, I've been ho-hum about. I, I don't know that I've, that I, it's a visual difference. I haven't noticed any useful features that have been added. It's more like, now I have a backdrop, which is fine. I don't care. Have you, how have you felt about CarPlay? I feel the same way, although um, 
did did CarPlay have dark mode before? Because I've noticed it also follows my dark mode schedule, which I don't think it used to. Interesting. No, it did. It did. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think maybe I it's think just so. the backdrop making it look different. I was like starting to be able to like being like, wait, what? What's different than what it was before? Mm. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, it was kind of fun just to plug in my phone and see that CarPlay looks a little different with the beta. But yeah. no, it's been it's been the same. Yeah. Okay. That's all I got. Talk to me about iPad OS. Okay, so iPad OS, um, something that Apple talked a lot about at WWDC was the sidebars of iPad OS. And I was kind of like, oh, why are they keep on talking about these sidebars? But it is really nice. Um, in the Photos app, for instance, now you have the sidebar that shows you like all of your albums, for instance, or not as many as it can show in that area. Um, and so you can do things like scoop up photos and drag them into albums or like take a bu- do a bunch and drag them into favorites mm, and yeah. then they'll be added to your favorites album. And so it just makes it so you can kind of do things on a larger scale. And there's just a nice feeling about it's a better use of the screen real estate because you have more space on, on your iPad. Um, and one of the reasons it hasn't felt as much like a desktop experience is you don't have like as much access to everything yeah. usually on, um, on iOS. And so now with iPad OS, you can see like the larger organizational structure of an app and have access to the different parts of it. So photos app is one example. Notes also has a nice sidebar. Um, and um, so I've been enjoying that. And then the feature that I've really been having fun playing with is Scribble. And it's, okay. this is something you have to have an Apple pencil to use it. But you can now like type into things, you can write into things like your URL bar in Safari or in the messages app in the text box and it'll just automatically convert it to typed text and oh, you can that's send really it. Cool. Yeah. And so the nice thing about that is um, if you're using your Apple Pencil anyway, you can kind of just use it, keep using it in different apps and just, you, you know, it's sort of like you're using your brain in a certain way, handwriting, and you don't have to keep switching mm-hmm. back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I have terrible handwriting and I'm happy to report that it still seems to get it. Like it so I had the same problem as Nicholas last um, episode. He was complaining about how it keeps on turning O's into zeros. Oh, that's weird. And it's one of those weird ones where you don't really know what to do about that. So yeah. I've been and having that problem. And also you write O's more than zeros so much. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I want to play a little bit more with um, – with this feature because I, I journal and I like, I find that when you handwrite, you really are using your brain in a different way. And so mm-hmm. knowing that it can transcribe to typed text so well, it does make me want to try out some more journaling on my iPad as well. Yeah. That's I want to, I want to write it in handwriting, but I want it to be stored as typed text because I can't even like read my own handwriting later. No, exactly. No, that's a great feature. It's also a great feature that I will never use because I hate handwriting. Like I do not like handwriting. I have terrible handwriting as well. And a weird fun fact, Donna, Donna and I have weirdly similar handwriting to the point where I sometimes can't tell it apart, but it's really unique handwriting. So <laughs> it's like, we both can't read our own handwriting. No, yeah. And we can't tell who wrote what, but uh, it's I hate handwriting, so I would never use it, but that's, that's a cool feature. It is there. Just last point on this. There's a study that shows um, 
that you do, well, now, of course, I can't remember it that well, but it was something about the different parts of your brain that you use for handwriting. And because you have to write slower, you're processing the information and choosing what's important. Like, for mm -hmm. instance, people who handwrite notes in um, classes, mm -hmm. it's better than typing notes because with typing notes, you're tempted just to type everything. Whereas with handwriting notes, you have to go the, through the process of being like, I'm only going to write down what's the most important and then you actually remember it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I, I've heard those studies and they, apparently it stays in your brain more too, so. <laughs> You're like, still okay. never going to use it, moving no, on. <laughs> but that's, I'm a, I'm, that's unique. Most people will enjoy it. <laughs> right. That's all I've got for iPadOS 14 for now. I mean, the widget screen is a little different. Um, the way that you get to the widgets, you still have, instead of like the little, when you go into the editing the home screen mode, Usually on the iPhone now, there's a plus button that shows up on that screen. You still have to like swipe over for widgets to get there. So that's something for, for listeners at home. If you're confused about how to get there, like there will be a few little differences on the iPad. I did want to talk about one bug that I had um, before we wrap up this episode because... No, and I, I'm, that's my next question is bugs and should people upgrade? So go ahead. So last episode, I was pretty just bold about how... I don't think it's a big deal to get the beta softwares on your devices. And, you know, as long as you do an encrypted iTunes backup, you should be fine, which for the most part I stand by because worst case scenario, you revert to your backup um, from mm -hmm. a few weeks ago and you just only lose anything stored in the last couple of weeks. But um, really you, well, also the closer we get to the, the official shipping version, you're going to be losing more time if you revert back. Um, so yeah. it could be like two yeah. months worth of data. And I had a little scare last week because my cellular data wasn't, my cellular connection wasn't working. Oh, like yeah, that's bad. it would only connect to Wi-Fi. And whenever I went to cellular and settings, it would say um, so, some sort of error message and telling me I needed to revert. All I ended up having to do was restart my phone and it went away. So what oh, didn't yeah. end up being a big deal, but um, for people, I was reading online about it and it's a common issue and some people do have to get off the beta to get that if, if just restarting doesn't work. Oh, so, that's good to know. you know, stuff like that, like, cause that, that's not going to work. Like I need to have a cellular connection. It's still my primary communication device. So, yeah, yeah. In general, I thought that was like, that's a pretty big bug. That's not a small bug. Yeah, for sure. In general, and those are the type of bugs that are really bad because they can get dangerous. Like if you're out and you don't know how to get, like I've been traveling. If I, if I didn't have cellular, I literally wouldn't know how to get home. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I, in general, I have, I agree with your sentiment that iOS 14 beta has been pretty smooth. I've had a few third-party apps crash, but I haven't had any of them that regularly crash or just straight up won't work. I have had a few of them crash my phone overall, which has been frustrating. Like I'll be trying to do something and suddenly my phone will just turn off. Um, but I can turn it back on. And as Donna was referencing, if you are using beta and you uh, do have a bug, especially if it's a pretty frustrating bug, try just turning off your phone and turning it back on. That can often clear it. Or if it's an, a bug within a certain app, definitely close out the app. A lot of times it takes care of itself. Um, would you, so are you standing by your recommendation that people should try iOS 14 beta? I think that if you're excited about trying the new features, I would go for it as long as you do the backup. 
Um, if you do have a secondary device that you're not using as prime, as like you're not relying on, I would do that instead. So I think it's a great thing to put on your iPad because you get yeah. all of the features of iOS 14 plus the fun new ones. I think that's a great solution. And I know a lot of our listener base does have, have iPad. They do have iPads too. So I think that's probably what I would recommend, but yeah, I'm not, I don't think it's that scary. So if you, if you want to put it on your iPhone, I probably would say go for it too. Yeah. I think with these things, a lot of it comes down to your personality type. If you're an early adopter who really enjoys seeing things the moment they come out and you're patient with the fact that there will be more bugs and you have a risk tolerance for the fact that like you may have to deal with troubleshooting your phone because it can go really wrong. We've had people in the office who've just had to completely reset their phone. Uh, not for iOS 14, thankfully, but in previous versions. So if you're someone who has a high risk tolerance and is patient, it's fun. And in general, we have not had that many problems. But I think for most people, you're better off holding out till the stable version comes out in September. Yeah, it's also not that hard to put on your phone. I think it used to be a bigger deal. And now... Yeah. The process is super easy, but yeah, you're, I think that is probably being a little more cautious than I'm saying is a good idea. Um, and the other thing that can really go wrong is just a lot of times third-party apps don't work properly with the beta. Mm-hmm. I haven't really had that problem this time around though either yet. I haven't. I have, but not consistently, like I was saying. So I've had problems with third-party apps where sometimes they'll just crash on me more than they used to. Uh, but I haven't had any of the apps that I rely on just stop working, which is really frustrating when that happens. Yeah. And let's continue with our question of the week from last episode, which is just um, what features of I, well, last time I asked, are you planning to upgrade to the beta? Why or why not? And this time I think let's talk about what are some of your favorite features of iOS 14 and iPadOS 14 for those of you who have had a chance to try them. So you can just email us at podcast at iphonelife.com and let us know what new features you like the best or are most excited about. Yeah, that sounds good. And I think that that's a, it, huh? that's an episode for today. Yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. And David, it's I'm glad you're back and on the podcast <laughs> again. Back I'm safely mostly from Colorado. Back, back. Yeah, yeah, Colorado is real nice, though. <laughs> I know, I'm a little bit jealous. But. <laughs> All right, um, hang in there, everybody, and we'll be back in a couple weeks with a new episode. Thanks, everyone. And if you're an insider, stick around. And if you are not an insider and you would like to attend our class coming up on August 5th, make sure you go subscribe to Insider. iPhoneLife.com slash podcast, podcast discount. discount. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone.